What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My guest today is a three-time NHRA Camping World Series top fuel champion. He's a legend in the sport of drag racing. He's won the NHRA Camping World Top Fuel World Championships in 2002, 2003, and 2010. He is the second winningest top fuel driver in NHRA history with 62 wins. He was named Rookie of the Year in 95 and captured his first of four Chevrolet Performance U.S. National titles that same year. In 2010, he won a record 12 races and 12 finals, including the prestigious Math Tools U.S. Nationals for the fourth time. And in 2017, he designed and struck and debuted the only 10,000 horsepower two-seat top fuel dragster of its kind. In 2020, he was nominated to the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America in Daytona Beach. It is a pleasure to welcome the incredible Larry Dixon to Data. Welcome to the show. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Awesome. For uh, for my listeners who may not know who you are, I know I spoke a little bit about your uh, kind of your your history, your accomplishments uh, in in drag racing. But uh, could you give my listeners a little bit of background, a little bit more background about yourself, um, and then also about your kids? How many kids you have? Yeah, no, uh, quite the in- intro. You should be a uh, PR man. So. <laughs> but uh, you know, my story is uh, I grew up in drag racing. My dad raced uh, top fuel cars in the 60s and 70s. And, and ever since I was a little kid, um wanted to grow up and be like my dad. So, you know, got through high school and uh, ended up working on a, a few pit crews before I moved up into the uh, into actually driving, you know, on a on a professional level. So, um, but that's uh, that, that's kind of the how how I got there. Um, as far as the family goes, uh, been uh, been married 20 plus years. We've got uh, three uh, three kids uh, that are now uh, 20, 18, and 14. So. Um, but time's gone fast, but, uh, between racing and, and a family, definitely, uh, I'm never bored. Right. Right. Now your, uh, your kids, um, girls, boys, what, what, what do you got? Uh, a boy, girl, boy. So boy, that, girl, boy. that isn't, that isn't how we ordered it. It's just what showed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Well, so, so kind of, kind of touching on your history in drag racing, you know, I've kind of, kind of grew up in watching, uh, you know, NASCAR and drag racing and, uh, you know, worked on cars my, my whole life with my dad. Um, I think it was a couple of days ago or maybe last week you had posted, uh, you were near the, um, Earnhardt corporation, which is really cool. I'm a, I was a diehard Earnhardt fan as a kid and, uh, uh, even, you know, up until his death. So, um, pretty crazy. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm a fan pretty much of all motorsports. I mean, if it makes noise, I'm I'm into it. Um, not, necess- <laughs> not necessarily thinking that I can do it, but I but I I'm a I'm a fan of, across the board and and just you know racing and especially we were sponsored by Miller Brewing Company for a dozen years and so that um, that kind of afforded us some opportunities to go. You know, for one, you're meeting your teammates for the for a major portion of that time uh, was Rusty Wallace uh, on the oh, NASCAR cool. side, and then um, on the IndyCar side it was Bobby Rahal. 
So it oh, kind of nice. it, it, it just kind of snowballs from there. You know, Rusty retires, and then it's you know Kurt Busch stepped in for him. So it and then it just kind of networks, and then you meet the pit crews, and then you know some of them that they, they span out to different teams. So uh, it's it's kind of that that snowballed, and then you know on the uh, uh, IndyCar side. Um, with uh, um, Bobby, when, once he uh, retired, he had Max Pappas driving his car, but he also had oh, another yeah. car that Brian Herta was driving. Now his son Colton's driving. So it's oh just, wow, you know. And then uh, living here in Indianapolis uh, for a number of years, when I was on the full tour, I would work out at this one place. It's called Pit Fit, and a lot of the IndyCar guys like James Hinchcliffe and and Scott Dixon and oh uh, wow, a few, a few of those guys work out there so it's just you just end up in that you know that's kind of our neighborhood or our circle kind of that circle so, yeah yeah but so yeah. you know i'm i'm definitely uh a, a, a fan of all all different types of motorsports for sure so i just uh you know especially scott i tell him he's a, a very very distant cousin so yeah. you know me being larry dixon him scott dixon you know but he's from uh, new zealand but he's done a great job and definitely uh you know, but I cheer for most of the guys, you know, like uh, you'd like to see, uh, um, you know, somebody live out their passions. Right, right. Well, very cool. Now, I mean, obviously, uh, any type of uh, sport is dangerous, motorsports especially. But, I mean, you had a pretty bad crash in, I think it was 2015. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure you remember it well. Um, yeah. I, I guess my question is on that. Did you, I mean, are you fully uh, recovered from that? Is your reaction time uh, okay? I mean. Oh, yeah. It's it's funny when you said you had a really bad crash and I'm like, okay, well, which one's he going right, to go to? Right, right, right. You know, because there's, you, you race enough, you know, for a long enough period of time, you're going to have bad things that happen. You know, fortunately for me, um, you know, I'm very, very, proactive on the safety side of things and mm. um wore a hans de, hans device for a half dozen years before it was ever mandated in in oh wow okay drag racing so the, the as a matter of fact i got my hans device the weekend that we lost dale earnhardt so oh, it was wow. like and then all the, everything that came out after that about head and neck restraints it's like you know do you think you'd ever like not wear it it's like not I'd be like not wearing a helmet, you know, so it's just, uh, um, yeah, but I bet as far as that last one, it, it, I really have, I've never had a, a crash take me out of the next event on the schedule, like literally, mm. um, you know, that in, in that particular one you're talking about in 2015, um, I ended up, uh, um, when the car flew up in the air and it slammed to the ground, it, uh, the, the crash box said 109 G's. Um, oh wow! And and then it, you know bounces and then hits the wall at 47 G's. I mean, which are, I mean, yeah, that's at insane. the time. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I mean, it, it felt pretty good, you know. But I mean, <laughs> I'm awake, I'm watching it, and you know, long story. Ended up with two fractured vertebrae, um, but uh, it, you know, the location of them, you know, they were up high, kind of being surrounded by the the rib cage. There wasn't anything you could really do with it other than just don't crash again and you'll be okay. So it's just, yeah. that, that's, that's how, um, yeah, no, the, 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 the crashing, I mean, it's just, you know, I broke a leg one time, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Um, but then again, it was the, it was the clutch foot. So it really didn't do a whole lot, uh, you know, right. as far as 
from a from a racing standpoint, and you just finish out the season and and carry on. But now the the safety of the cars, I I feel so much more comfortable uh, in a race car than literally than I do driving down, you know, a normal street, highway, freeway. I mean, oh yeah, it's, of course, because you're not. I mean, you're definitely not prepared for bad things to happen. You're hoping things don't go uh, bad on a highway, and then you've got. You know, every once in a while, and I'm sure everybody agrees, every once in a while there's a knucklehead on the road, you know, and you, you're like, how did that guy or girl ever get a license, you know? like Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. But so, but when you're on the racetrack, it's all, you know, licensed people, and, and it's just, uh, and again, we're kind of prepared for bad things to happen, and when they do, you know, all of our safety equipment's doing the work for us, so. Yeah, and uh, I mean, your your guys' cars, um, you know, NASCARs and E-cars, all those cars are designed to essentially disintegrate other than the cage that you're sitting in, right? I mean, that's that, the cage that you're sitting in, and then you have all the safety equipment inside that cage as well. Um, yeah, it, it definitely looks dramatic from the outside, but uh, again, it's just like car, normal cars on a highway now. It's like um, you get into, you know, maybe a small fender bender, and then the car's totaled, and it's like, gosh, it was right. just a fender bender. How does that happen? It's because the cars are designed to, like almost crush zones and they're uh, to absorb some of that en- energy. If, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if you crash in a 55 Buick and I mean, it, it's probably not even going to leave a mark, but right. what's going to take right. the, what's absorbing all the impact is you. So yeah. because the, you know, the bumpers and the frames and the fenders and all that is really strong and steel and, uh, and, you know, that that's not, I mean, through the course of time, we've learned that's not the way to go. You know, number one, you want to try and keep everybody safe uh, in, in cars. So if, if they, the parts of them break away on a racetrack or whatever uh, the, the case is, or even your, your highway car, you know, where, you know, the, the fenders and bumpers and everything kind of cave in and it's to absorb it. So you're not taking the blows. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. Now, um, did the tracks go back to quarter mile? The uh, in the NHRA Nitro class, they still run a thousand foot. Um, okay. When I started racing, it was quarter mile, and the, you know some of the other sanctioning bodies, and even down in Australia and such, um, they'll run quarter mile. Um, and and so, like, I'll do some exhibition races and still race quarter mile, but mm. but. They, the NHRA uh, Nitro uh, uh, classes run a thousand foot. Everybody else in NHRA drag racing runs a quarter mile. Mm. How, what was it like working for the Snake? Oh, it was. I mean, it, obviously, it was intense because he's 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 a very intense competitor. Um, and pit crewed for him for at least a half dozen years before I started driving for him. Um, just a very serious uh, competitor, but. Uh, I worked there for 20 years, so yeah. it, it it couldn't have been that bad. You know right. what I'm saying? So, um, no, you, you just wanted to be able to have all the, the resources and the talent and, and the the equipment to be able to, like, when you rolled into a track, um, that you're prepared to win that event. And, and as a racer or even a competitor, you can't ask for much more than that. And, and it was the same way whether he was driving or I was driving, so. Um, no, I, I, I enjoyed my time there, you know, wish it would have lasted forever, but, um, uh, as the longer we're on this earth, we realize nothing lasts forever. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, very cool. Thanks for answering that. I appreciate sure. it. Um, all right. So kind of, you know, segueing into your dad role, you got three kids, um, kind of varying in ages and kind of, uh, I'm thinking personalities and, and also where they are in their life. I mean, 14 to 20, that's a huge range. Um, I have two boys. My boys are older. They're, they're, uh, tw- uh 19 and, uh, 21, 22, excuse me, 22. So, um, so my boys are a little bit older, but, uh, I guess right around that age. Um, as far as your parenting style, how would you describe your parenting style? Um, but I, I guess adapting <laughs> because I think how, you know, how I was raised, I mean, is a lot different than, you know, how you would raise yours. I, I mean, I, I, I grew up in Southern California and I went to, you know, a, a regular, regular schools, just public schools and such. But, but when I was a kid, the vice and the vice principal, like he had a paddle in his office and it's right. like, you were bad. You got swatted. And, and I literally can remember my first grade teacher, you know, there was one of the kids uh, said something bad and she took him to the back, back of the room where the sinks at and that, that old powdered, powdered Braxo soap. She got right. a whole handful of that, put it in his mouth and washed his mouth out with soap. And it's like, can you imagine if that took place today? Like, I mean, it's oh my just, gosh, it, it's things are so different. So how you were raised isn't necessarily how we are going to raise. And and I certainly didn't get an owner's manual um, when we when we took our kids home from the hospital. Right. So it's you know that there's things that I think that you learn uh, as as a uh, um, growing up with your parents. You know, you got your mom and your dad, and then your your partner. Um, they've got their, you know, like how they were raised, things that they mm-hmm. liked and didn't like, and and then you come together, and it's like, well, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of figure it out on the fly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, you're so right. It's uh, my parenting style. I'm sure I'm probably a little bit more old school than new school, but um, you know, from a, I guess a respect standpoint, but um. You know, like, yeah, we don't have any paddles in the house or anything like that. So, so it's, uh, um, you know, the, the thing that I have learned through the course of time and, and it hasn't happened in a long time. Um, nowadays, it's like if you want to get, uh, one of your kids' attention, it, take the phone. Right. And, and you literally could probably get them to rob a bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. so it just uh, you, you just gotta you gotta figure it out because everybody's different. What works and, and and go with it. But in our house, the phones uh, um, seem to get everybody's <laughs> attention. Yeah, I know you're right. You have to adapt, and and um, you know you have to adapt based on personality too. Each of the kids have their own personalities, so you gotta have to adapt to each of their personalities. But it's it's funny you kind of kind of bring that up because uh, I think I saw it was a post the other day I saw that said. Uh, their, their, their child asked them what it was like when asked their parent what it was like when they grew up. And so the parent took away their phone, turned off the TV, took away the lap, the uh, iPad, gave them a pop school and told them to go outside and play. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. um, But yeah, adapting, adapting to each of their personalities and adapting to what's going on around us because technology has just completely changed the way our kids are growing up. And um, it's kind of, kind of, uh, almost not, not, not for, in some cases, not a good thing. Um, there are some cases where it are, where it is, but, uh, uh yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, you can't you can't fight technology. You, if you do, you're in, you're in for a big battle. But I yeah. I um I I'm actually uh, on on off weekends. I'm a driving instructor. There's a Doug Herbert's. Uh, um, he he's got a uh, a defensive driving and it's a proactive driving school for for teens only from 50. You know, once you have your permit at 15. All the way up to 19, 20 years old, you're an adult, you know, move on. But, but his, and it's like you try to explain, um, when you're talking to your, uh, your teens, um, you know, whether it's driving a car, things are so different with technology. My example is it's like if I had to teach my, uh, kid, uh, how to use a phone the same way that I was taught to use a phone, you know, and that like literally, like we had dial phones, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, what worked 20 years ago isn't going to work nowadays. So it's again, you, you're adapting along with them and and they don't know the perspective that you have, you know, the going to school uphill both ways in the snow. And right. know, it's just, it isn't, it don't mean anything, you know, it's yep. their, their, their perspective has got a, it's, it's got a clean sheet of paper. So you just gotta, again, you just gotta <laughs> do the best you can. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what's the name of the driving school? Because we enrolled my son when he was 17, I think, in a driving school out here that was a safety safety school. What was the name? What's the name of the one that you participated? Yeah, it's it's called Breaks and and yeah, Breaks, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Breaks. It stands for Be Responsible and Keep Everyone Safe. And and Doug uh, started. He lost he lost his two boys in a uh, on on road uh, crash. Don't call them accidents because it's not, you know, it's, it was right. a crash and uh, lost his boy. It's great to hear that, uh, that, that you signed yours up and got to go through and you got, they gave you a taste, I'm sure too, put you behind the wheel. Well, no, you know what happened Larry? Um, uh-huh. The weekend that we were supposed to do it, it was the one time that they were going to be out. So I'm in, I'm in Southern California. And okay. the one time that they were going to be out here, uh, like the week before they they had uh, told us that there may be a chance of rain and if there is we will have to cancel and it ended up raining i think it was a couple days before the event they said yeah we have to we have to cancel it so we ended up we ended up getting our money back so he actually didn't go through it i was really bummed that's too bad because it's a it's a it's a great uh school and and maybe being an instructor i've had some monsoon type rainstorms and and Mm -hmm. and at first you know i come from a racing background if it's raining we're not racing so it's like hey well what do we do with that it's like you know literally the other instructors are it's even better because you're gonna your teams are gonna be driving in it and it it kind of right you know kind of ramps up the experience and what to do you know having a you know the all, all the instructors at breaks either have a um uh, a law enforcement um, stunt racing or a secret service uh, background. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got some great people, um, you know, instructing your teens and they get a, a ton of time behind the wheel in various conditions and such. So yeah. hopefully to make them uh, safe for us too bad that you didn't get to go through. I, yeah. I know, I'm really bummed. California it's uh, well, I mean, it's completely shut down right now because of COVID, but you know, in a, in a, in a non COVID world, it's, there's like a two-year waiting list in, in California because they just mm-hmm. the, the population's so big out there and they just don't do enough schools out there because it's yep. you know it's free to the families they you put a hundred dollar deposit down you know to kind of hold your spot because of the long wait we want to make sure everybody shows up 
but it's but it's free. I mean, D- Doug didn't want to have any type of excuse why not to have your team go through that. So right. so other parents didn't have to go through what he did. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, um, yeah, we were, like I said, we were bummed, uh, but, uh, um, I have heard, um, nothing but, uh, positive, uh, feedback on, on the school. So it's, so it's cool that he's doing that and that you're participating in it. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, kind of, um, you know, uh, drag racing is obviously a dangerous sport. Um, do you support, now you followed in your dad's footsteps. Do you support your kids following in your footsteps? Um, if they were. Uh, if they wanted to, uh, 100%. Um, I don't see that. Ha- I, you know, maybe my youngest, he'll still go to events with me and stuff, but my, my daughter and my older son, um, they, they, uh, they got better things to do <laughs> when it comes <laughs> race weekends. So, um, but that's okay. I don't, I, I don't, whatever they want to do, I just want them to try hard and do their best. It's like, I, 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 I want them to just, kind of you know you're you're carrying our last name you know dixon Mm -hmm. around and it's like i i it's like you don't want anybody to say you're a slacker yeah it's i i guess from my that might be the only thing that i might say it's like whatever you're doing you know just try to do your best and and uh you know kind of uh you know be proud of your name and 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 carry it from that standpoint but um, my boys have played basketball all the way, um, through school, you know, my youngest, he's in eighth grade now, um, his last year of middle school, ninth grade out here is high school. So, um, uh, getting ready to go in that way. He's, he's big into the basketball. My daughter played soccer all the way through high school and she just finished her season. She's not going to continue on with soccer. Um, uh, in college, uh, she's, she's going pre-med. So, um, very cool. Yeah, so it, she figures that will occupy plenty of time without having the early morning practices. So, right, so, yeah. right. Well, so. cool. Well, both, yeah, both my boys, um, you know, I coached on my boys' teams that they played on from the age of their four, from four years old all the way up through high school. Um, and they played uh, baseball and basketball. And really in high school, they gravitated a lot more towards uh, towards basketball. And the cool thing, I'll tell you a quick story. My my younger son, when he was a junior, um, I was an assistant uh, assistant varsity basketball coach on his team, and it was the um, we ended up going to CIF, winning a championship, and now we both have CIF championship rings together uh, nice. that we'll have forever. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty cool, and uh, it's the first time in the school's history that we had ever won a championship. So it's it's oh, it was wow. pretty cool. Yeah, and now That's he. Awesome. he yeah, he actually got a basketball scholarship at uh, Hope International University here in Fullerton, California. Um, so he's playing basketball in college. So um, obviously not right now due to COVID, but uh, but he's going to be uh, playing on the team. So it's 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 pretty cool. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, the the, the coaching and stuff. It just it never. Uh, well, for one, I didn't play any sports at all going through uh, school. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. literally it was on the weekend. It was at the race. Weren't at the races. You're in the garage. You know, like I mean, it was just I I I never even went down that road. It's like I always enjoyed watching all the other sports, but never really. Um, I I don't know. It, it just never. I never gravitated toward towards it. Mm. So I I wouldn't have been a good coach from that standpoint. And then you know when when they were uh, you know for the most part I you know you're on the tour. I'm gone a minimum of 25 weekends a year. So that 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 swallowed up a lot of weekends when they'd be playing. So my, right. uh, 
fortunately uh you know my, my gal uh my bride she uh she she held the reins for most of that for the 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 sports stuff and she actually went to um college on a co- uh soccer scholarship uh in oh, michigan cool. so yeah, so she's uh, she, the the kids were in definitely good hands, um, even if I wasn't there. But <laughs> so it sounds like you guys made a good team on that part. So far, so good. Yeah. Now, your kids uh, did they they go to the track and watch you race? I mean, is this something that that how did how did you? I guess my question would be, how did you um, protect them? I guess from being uh, scared that something could go wrong. Um, well, in, in our particular case, when our kids, when we had our, our first ones, you know, they're two years apart. Um, and so we, we ended up getting, uh, we bought a motor home. Um, when we moved out of California, found out the houses are really cheap elsewhere. Right. <laughs> when you get out of California. <laughs> so it kind of afforded us to be able to, you know, buy a house, um, and then, um, also buy a motor home. And then we traveled. Gosh, you know, I, I'm going to say from, you know, probably for sure until they, you know, g- got into um, first grade, you know, kindergarten, they, they they could still miss that and stuff. And then it started winding down. So, you know, I'll say the first six years of their, their lives were, were motorhoming it. So they kind of had a place to go at the track when wanted to take a nap or had enough or whatever the case may be. But it was great just uh you pile in all your clothes and and uh, mm-hmm. get out on the road and and you know we'd put you know twenty five thousand miles or, or or something on a, on our motorhome going to the various races uh, in it and then you camp out at the track uh, for the weekend oh, so cool. it, yeah it, it worked out really good from from that standpoint and and between and, and as far as them being scared like I think they're I've gone through so much you know on the racetrack and I you know they and then off racetrack when i went through uh i, I had a, a bout with throat cancer um mm. about six years ago um the the kids nip, nicknamed me superman so like <laughs> it's like literally I, I so far so you know i've been pretty indestructible i've i've been tested a few times but um kind of coming out of it in, in good shape so um, yeah, we, I've crashed cars and wadded them up and all of that, but it's, you, you get out of the car and, you know, you, you respect your equipment and use it because it's like, if, if things go awry, you want all of that to do the work for you. So you don't have to worry about it. And that's right. kind of how my mindset uh, on that. And, and this, you know, so far, so far, so good. <laughs> well, very cool. Um, one last question. If, if, what do you think is the single most important thing you learned from your parent and how does that impacted you as a father? Gosh, I, as you get old, I mean, well, when you're, when you're young, I mean, you think back, I mean, your, your parents are, are your world and like, they know everything. And then as you get older, it's like, gosh, you know, like my, my, my mom had me so young to me. Like, I mean, she was 19 when she had me and, and my brother at 16 and it's like when then as you get older it's like oh my gosh you know like i can't even i couldn't even imagine doing that what what they had to go through and it's like i i think it's just your your what did i learn most i i think the, the ability to adapt and just like whatever it takes you know like i mean you're you're looking after your your family and and trying to you know 
keep the doors open and, and just mm-hmm. keep food on the table and just what whatever it, it takes and, and, you know, try and do the spring breaks and fall breaks and try and do the best job you can. You know, it's Penske's got this line and maybe it doesn't, uh, it applies to his racing, but it's like effort equals results. And it's like, if you're putting in the effort, you'll get the results. So, mm, it's, um, you know, it, I think it'll, it should apply to families uh, as, as well too. So um, just trying to put in that effort. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, that's, that's great. You brought that up. That's awesome. Um, very cool. Now, if my listeners wanted to look you up, learn a little bit more about you what's the best place to do that and then um also what do you have um, going on that's coming up this year that you're looking forward to the best way the best way is the the best way to get a hold of me is probably through my uh, website and it'd be larrydickson.com and then there's a link there for literally twitter and facebook and we've got an ebay store on there and and uh youtube and and all of that so um but but i i don't have this big social media group like i mean it you know people will you know chime in on youtube i mean i just put this video up um on youtube and it's up to 2.6 million views and it's just us warming our car up in the pit area you know i got that (laughs) top fuel car and and you know people will ask questions about it and it's you know whether you know it's about the horsepower or the fact that this top fuel car actually has a passenger seat in the, in, you know, in, in the back of it. So like they, uh, so you get a lot of questions on that stuff and I'm the guy that answers them. So, um, oh, cool. yeah, that, that, that would definitely be the way, but I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. And so, um, you'll find me just start out at LarryDixon.com and go. And, um, as far as this year, um, running the two seat car, um, probably a half dozen events, uh, I know uh, we we put up we were going to run uh, we're running at Super Chevy um, the Super Chevy event in Memphis in April and I already sold out on on rides for there so we're trying to put up the next one I think our next event's going to be uh, in uh, Michigan in June so um, then you know cool. yeah, so running the two seater we'll run our single seat top fuel car uh, a few times as well and then uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, at the M1 concourse is, uh, is the, um, the induction ceremony and stuff for the, the Hall of Fame. So I'm kind of right. looking forward to uh, that. That was uh, I, I I didn't I when I first found out that I was uh, the first thing I'm like, dang, I must be getting old. You get you get <laughs> called on the Hall of Fame. That's kind of means you're, you're closer to the finish line than the starting line. You know. <laughs> awesome. Well, very cool. Very cool. Well, um, Larry, look, it's been a huge pleasure honor to have you on i really really appreciate you taking the time out of your day um to do this and uh, speak about your kids um i really appreciate all the input you provided and i look forward to uh, staying in touch with you my friend no it, it sounds great and again uh thank you for having me on your show really appreciate it well there you have it another exciting episode complete my guest today certainly represents the data community very well continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week you don't want to miss out Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Data. Up.